0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin.
1: Amen and amen. So as we do uh, I want to start off the, uh, before we give the question with the, the definition of marriage um, so we can keep this in our for- the forefront of our mind especially when we get to these questions you should always start with this definition of marriage because that will clear up a lot of things as well. So let's go- let's start with this definition again. Marriage is a divine institution created by God whereby two rational free moral agents who are born again choose to enter into covenant with another imperfect person for a lifetime so again it's a divine institution it's God's institution that means it's his way It's holy and sanctified and set apart for his use and his glory and it's with an imperfect person so you know you know you get married don't think that you can well I can change this person I can make a only God can change the heart of a man but this is an imperfect person So don't expect perfection from your spouse. This is, And and it also says you're a rational, free moral agent. Use your ration. Use your rationale, right? Use your mind. Use your thing. This is an imperfect person. I can't expect them to do everything perfect all the time. So keep these things in mind, and then it's a covenant, right? God's covenants are everlasting. They last a lifetime. And that's the heart and that's the mind frame that you need to go into marriage with before you even get there. You know, so for those that aren't married uh, married yet and you hear the definition of marriage, remember that. It's God's covenant. And it's for a lifetime. It's a lifetime commitment. And so from there on, from the, the definition of marriage, I want to give you our next question. And the question reads, How do you avoid letting your marriage make you discouraged and feel defeated in your relationship with God? I've prayed so much, but my spouse keeps causing hurt and pain towards me. How do you fix brokenness in marriage due to infidelity? How can you maintain being a light for them if their darkness affects you in the worst ways?
2: Well, um, I'm going to kick off the beginning of this question. The, the first part was this, how do you... Well, actually, we're all going to be kind of chiming in, but I'm going to focus on this first part. "Is How do you avoid letting your marriage... Make you discouraged and feel defeated in your relationship with God. That's what I'm going to focus on. But I'm going to kind of touch on this part about I pray so much, but my spouse keeps causing hurt and pain towards me. So, first thing off is your relationship with God is a personal relationship. It is between you and God. Your spouse's relationship is a personal relationship to God. It's between them and God. All of us have a personal relationship with God. So... You have to recognize your relationship with Christ. And I'm saying this again because I want to just drive it home. Your relationship with Christ. Your relationship with God through Jesus Christ is your relationship. Your spouse, same thing. So as you pray, you, you're praying to God. You can not You can pray that God gives your spouse and yourself the tools to change and what you need to change. But that person, each person has to make that own, their own decision. So... Um, this question came in before Minister Eberhard did his teaching, so I want to uh, make sure that whoever, or everybody, goes back and listen to his teachings on what you're asking God for. You're asking God, you're asking God for things only He can give you. He can give you strength. He has mercy. He has grace for you. Those are the things you're looking for. He has wisdom for you. So make sure you go in and you look at those things because sometimes when we pray. And especially in this case, because it seems like maybe the prayer was change, let, let this situation change. And this situation is, is two people involved here. So that person that you're praying for that's not yourself, they, free moral agent, they have their own choice. So you can't be, feel defeated or discouraged because somebody else is making an ungodly choice or maybe even a choice that you just don't like. That doesn't mean God's not hearing your prayers. So I I wanted to get that in first. But now I want to go into this part about feeling discouraged and defeated in your relationship with God. Once again, your relationship with Christ is your relationship with Christ. It's independent of your marital status. It is not determined by... What's going on in your relationship It's not dependent by that. It doesn't matter if you have a great marriage or a bad marriage. It doesn't matter if you're, you're not married at all. Your relationship with God is based on what you believe in Jesus Christ. So here it is. God sent Jesus Christ to save us. That's, that's the basis of it. That has not changed. So you don't have to be all messed up. Is that, that's the best way I can say about it, that things are going bad and thinking that maybe because something happened that your relationship with God has changed. I'm going to read some scriptures. Go over to Romans chapter 8. Um, I'm going to read verses 31 through 39. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation, so if you can flip to that translation if you're looking on a, a you know a device or something. But if not, I'm going to read this. Um, Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. And once again, I'm reading the New Living Translation. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us? Whom God has chosen for his own. Listen to that. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. So God has done it. All you have to do is believe and walk in it. So God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Did anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us because we, if we have trouble, or calamity, or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No. Despite all these things, despite all that trouble, despite all that calamity, the persecution, the hunger, the destitution, the danger, the threats, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or in earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there it is. We have overwhelming victory through Christ. And I like that last part. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, you know, most God's already done most of the work. All you got to do is hear it, believe it, and walk in it. And you know, when I I say that, you hear and believe it and walk in it every day, every moment of your life. It was an initial decision, but it continues on. So when we look at this, this scripture says, nobody can shame you. Nothing can shame you in front of God. God knew you from the beginning. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he loves you. Everything, you know, a lot of times we get down on ourselves. And we think that, oh, I did this, there's no way God can love me. Or I messed up, there's no way God can love me. No. God knew you were going to do all that stuff, and he sent Christ for you anyway. You know what? He sent Christ for me anyway. So it's, 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 we have to remember that. That the work that create that restored the relationship with us to God was done by Jesus Christ. It was done because God loves us so much. So there may be times in this question that says um, there are things going on in the, in the marriage that brings out the worst brings out the worst in them or, or, or brings out the worst in them. I can't remember. Um, uh, affects them in the worst ways. So, you know, sometimes when things affect us in the worst ways, we get out of character. We sin. We don't do what God has told us to do. You know, somebody makes you mad. You go off on them or they do something to you and you're like, well, I'm going to get them back. And you do that. But the thing about it is, and you know what? The enemy will use that. And they'll say, okay, now let me get in their head and make them think that God doesn't love them because of what they did then. But God continues to love us. Let's go over to first John chapter 1. And I'm, I'm going to give you some scriptures because the thing about it is your relationship with Christ, your relationship with God, you're going to have to know the Word. You're going to have to not just know the Word, but we've been learning this. You're going to have to have knowledge. You're going to have to have wisdom. You're going to have to know where that Word goes when that situation comes up. So you get in these situations, and maybe something goes on, and you get out of character, and you sin. But listen here. 1 John chapter 1. Marie, start at verse 8, and then I'm going to flow into, verse, uh, into chapter 2. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the perpetuation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So there it is. God's not saying just sin because you want to. But if you get in the situation and you sin, you go and you ask for repentance. And we have an advocate with the Father and he grants us repentance. See, if the enemy can get you thinking incorrectly about your relationship with God, you're defeated. You are defeated because then you don't trust God. Because you think God's not going to work on your behalf. And God's always working on your behalf. God's not thinking about you the way you think about you. God's not basing his goodness on what you think or what other people think about you. Go over to Jeremiah chapter 29. This is one of my favorite scriptures because, you know, like everybody else, there are times in my life where I'm like, God, I don't know if this is working out. God, I don't know. This doesn't seem like the plan that you said. And, and, you know, sometimes it's stuff that I've done and sometimes it's stuff that I have no control over and it's just happening. But what you have to realize is that God's not thinking the way we're thinking. Let's, let's go over here to, uh, where, where am I, Jeremiah chapter 29. I'm just going to read one verse here. Verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. So there it is. That's what God has said. I'm not thinking any evil thoughts towards you. My thoughts towards you, if he thought evil thoughts towards you, he wouldn't have sent Jesus. And I know you may be thinking, how does this this affect my marriage? You're talking about salvation. Exactly. If you are secure in who you are in Christ, when things come up, things will come up. It may shake you, but it won't knock you off. You won't get discouraged. You won't feel defeated. It may, that discouragement and that defeat, may, you may, it may come for a second, but then the word, come, word of God comes back up. You will remember Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. And it is thoughts of peace. And that's the Lord saying that. So you have to live out of the correct knowledge of who God is. And what he's done and why he's done it. Not but He's not done it because of our goodness. He's done it because he who he is. His goodness. His love towards us. So you have to consistently get in the word. Pray. And once again, go back and listen to what Minister Eberhard taught about what you're praying for. Study. Ask God for revelation on the word. Then another thing you have to do is you have to get around people who are going to encourage you. So if you're feeling discouraged and defeated, those are feelings you don't want to have. Now... There are people that you can be around who will encourage you, who will give you sound counsel. Go over to uh, Proverbs chapter 23. Like I said, no, excuse me, chapter 13. Got a few scriptures. So Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. So get around people who can encourage you and give you godly counsel, not only by what they say, but how they live. Because we all have times when we may not be feeling our best, but people push through. And that's why I say but how they live. When you see people pushing through and you're like, how do they live like that? How are they always always seem to be in tune with God, in touch with God? Get around those people. Get around those people and build yourself up. Build yourself up in the Word. Get around people who can sharpen you. It talks about in Proverbs, iron iron sharpening iron. So therefore, when you get in situations with your spouse that may affect you in the worst ways and something that you don't want to come out comes out, now you have the tools to react in the spirit and not necessarily out of your emotions. Because God is giving you everything you need and you're secure in your relationship with Him because of what He's done. Amen?
1: Amen, Minister Castile. Um, you know, listen to everything she said. You know, I kept hearing, remember you're validated in Christ. Everything you are and everything you should be is found in Christ. But that also means, if it's found in Christ, then you have a standard. You have a standard that you have to keep. Like like Minister Castile said, it's a personal relationship. It's a standard that you have to keep. And, and, and that goes... That goes to the fact when she went to Romans, and I love how it says in, in Romans verse, uh, 8, verse 35, it says, Who shall separate you from the love of God? Listen, a wayward spouse, that shouldn't separate you from the love of God either, because you have a standard. Remember, you're validated in Christ. That, that can't be something. You are to love the Lord God with all. Your heart, your mind, your soul, Him first. Okay, so if, you, if you're if you feeling like, you know, well, you know, I, I'm starting to feel defeated in my relationship with God. Or this person is causing me to continually get out of, uh, of uh, you know, out of character, act out who I am. Well, you need to start realizing whose relationship takes priority in your life. If they're getting you to start sinning against God, then there's some, now we need to start stepping back and evaluating some things. Remember, because like I, like, like I was saying, this means you should, if you are validated in Christ, you have a standard. There's a standard that you need to keep. Now I want you to turn to, let's go to Matthew chapter 18. Because I want to deal with some of this because I heard in the question it says that, you know, my, my spouse keeps continuing to sin against me. And keeps causing hurt and pain towards me. And me, and the way I read the question, and this may not be your intent, but I, I feel like that was in t- tied into how do you fix, you know, issues caused by infidelity. You know, and if this is something that they keep doing, well, we're going to go to scriptures and we're going to see. So let's go to Matthew chapter 35. And, you know, in studying this out, a lot of people will say, you know, I don't, I don't know if this applies here, but understand this. Did I say Matthew 35? I didn't mean it. Uh, Matthew 18, and I think it's verse 35. I'm so sorry. Um, but um, understand this, you know, the marriage is supposed to represent Christ in the church. And what we're about to read here is what Christ does for the church. He, listen, he, he washes the church and so he can present it to himself. So I want you to understand what we're reading here, because some people might say, I don't know if this even applies here. Well, we're going to read it here. So, chapter 18, verse 15. It says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, now we learn in the teaching that your spouse is your closest brother okay that's your closest brother now they're talking about the church here i want you to understand you know they're talking about what's going on in the church but your marriage is to represent Christ and the church this is this is Christ this like i said this is him washing the church so he can present it to himself so as a member of that of god's covenant this is something that you should do as well so moreover if thy brother shall trespass against thee go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone if he shall hear thee Thou ha- if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. So step one, because here's the thing about, about marriages, right? A lot of people think in marriages, well, because I love them, I, I need to tolerate some of their sin. And I think that's one of the main reasons why you're experiencing brokenness. You said there's brokenness due to infidel- I, I, because And you think, because the Word says, you know, this is, this is the covenant of God, and this is, I need to stay with them for a lifetime, so I need to tolerate their sin. And that's listen, that is not how Jesus says to handle sin. Listen, tolerating sin uh, that hinders God's love in your life. Yeah. Yeah. That hinders that. W- listen, tolerating sin that you may think, well, that, that draws me closer to Him, but it increases your brokenness. Because here's the thing: remember what we've learned months and months ago. If you're out of relationship with God, every other relationship underneath that is going to fall apart. That's why most Christian. That's why you look at Christian marriages and marriages from people who don't say the question, and the statistics are almost the same. Because they're tolerating sin. And divorces happen. But Jesus says to handle it. Uh, And and you have to treat sin. Tolerating sin is like tolerating cancer. You need to remove that and get it because it'll slowly eat away at your marriage. And then you're wondering why? Why is it broken? Why can't it be fixed? You cannot tolerate it. So you need to ask yourself, first and foremost, is what my. Because you do need to do some evaluations. Because, like Minister Castillo was saying, it may just be something you don't like. You need to ask yourself, is my spouse or am, and myself? While you're at it, am I am I or my spouse sinning against God first? Then you can go to are they sinning against me? And if all these things are done, you need to, like I said, like the scripture says, go and talk to them. And not, when I say talk to them, I'm not saying going and yelling at them. And I know this may have happened on uh, time and time again, like you said, but you've tolerated it. And let's let's tolerate it, but doing it in God's standard now. Let's let's take the time to take it step by step because these things didn't happen overnight. Especially if they're doing these things repeatedly. Let's take the time now. Let's walk these things back. Let's taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay, so you you take them and you tell them, you say, hey, this is is what's going on and this is what I've seen and this is what God's word says about it though. You know, bring that to the attention. Don't say, this is how I feel. No, but this is what God's word says about it. We have to, see, identify the sins that are hurting your marriage and then we can work on them. And then y'all need to come to an agreement on those things. And again, infidelity, listen, we know, we know what that is, right? But again, it starts with examining yourself too. It starts with examining yourself, how do we get to this point? Because marriage, listen, it's between two people. Okay? How do we get to this point? That's why I thought it's so, it's so important to remember you're validated in Christ. Make sure that your relationship with Christ is right first. Because you won't, if, if not, and you think it is, you won't understand why your other relationships are falling out of control. Make sure that they're right, right, uh, right with Christ first. And then it says, let's see here. Verse, what was I, I'm sorry. Verse uh, 16. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word be established. Now, now here's here's the thing about you, right? A lot of people, you you don't want to get people involved in your business. And I agree. You shouldn't get any and everybody involved in your business, but it says take one or two more so that you may have. So, so here's my here's my uh, counsel to you and what the Word of God is saying because we're the marriage is supposed to represent Christ in the church. Find one or two witnesses to labor with you in helping your spouse find repentance, and I mean labor with you. I mean put in the work. I don't mean tell them I need you to go talk to them right now and bring this up. No, 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 no. Labor is a work. I'm not saying attack them straight on. I mean, work with you. Spend the time with you. Explain the situation that's going on with it. So you have to be careful in the the choice that you choose for this, right? So here's here's my suggestion, and it's counsel from from God. Find somebody in your spiritual authority. Now sometimes, listen, your your spouse may not want to talk to your pastor. They may not want to go to a counseling session. That's Okay. Find somebody that, listen, that you've examined their life. And that your spouse, the one who, who sinned against you, they respect their walk with Christ. because they, they honor it because they've seen them. Find that person. And let them know what's going on. Let them know the situation so they, listen, somebody that you trust and that you can trust. Somebody that has your interest in their, in their hearts. You know what I mean? And find this person. And like I said, be thoughtful. Then they may have some suggestions that can help you and your spouse work these things out. And, and here's the thing about it, right? You, when, when you're validated in Christ, it doesn't mean that everything's going to come easy. You're going to have to do the work. That means some of these things are going to be hard to do. But again, remember, marriage is between two rational free moral agents who are born again. So if these are people whose hearts are turned toward God and who desire. Because I don't want to say that, Listen, people do sin, sin does happen. But if it happens, and if you're sincere about your relationship with God as ministers, because was saying, then we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. All forgiveness can be found in him. But you've got to be willing to do the hard and unseen work together. That's why at this point, you have to make sure that this person is willing to do this with you. Because you said it, they keep coming back. This keeps happening, keeps causing me hurt and pain. Are they willing to do this with you? Are they willing to go through this? You said that they've reconciled, but may, and, and they've forgiven, but maybe it's just you. Because if that's the case, you're just beating a dead horse. Listen, you, you'll be looking for, you'll be sitting in there broken, in that brokenness, 24 seven, trying to figure out. Well, I've tried everything that I've done, but this person's heart's not in it. And, and, and I tell you, if you get to that point, then there's there's some serious steps at that point that need to be done to take counsel. And, and, and I'm not going to read the next verse on what it tells you to do because this may not apply here. But there's some serious steps that are needed. There's some things that need, there's some people that need to be talked to. There's some people that need to be brought in so that we can get this done and and corrected the right way. Because if this person is getting you to, you know, how does it say, act out in the worst ways? Let me me find the question again. It says, yes, how can you maintain being a light for them if their darkness affects you in the worst ways? Now, when I think of darkness affecting you in the worst ways, the only thing I can think of is sin. It's getting you to act out against God, not against them, against God. And if that's the case, listen, it is time to do some evaluations. If it's continually doing these things, if you've had these conversations, if you brought in that person that you can trust and it continues to do it, then there's, there's something else we need to And listen, you say, how do I continue being a light? Listen, sometimes a light means removing yourself. Sometimes, listen, you know, sometimes you being there is enabling them to stay right there and treat you the same way that they've been doing over and over again. When all you need to do is remember who you are in Christ. So there may be some serious steps that need to be taken. And if so, you've got to be willing to do those things.
0: Amen. Amen. Because, again, let's just... And I like that about the serious steps. Because, again, infidelity is serious. Uh, and so when you get to this place, you get to this point, you need to evaluate some things in your marriage. value some things with your spouse. And going back to everything has been said already by Minister Hill and Minister Castile, Again, remember who you are in Christ, right? I'm telling you, it's it's amazing to me how you hear comments when it comes to marriage and you come to relationships like that overcedes your relationship with Christ, right? Mm-hmm. My relationship with God is based on Christ Jesus alone, yes. right? And never forget that. And then we and again we read that scripture in, in Romans chapter eight, right? My relationship with God is based on Christ Jesus alone, mm-hmm. right? God loves me as an individual. He's, the, remember, I, I chose to get into the marriage, right? But God loves, remember, God loved you before you got married, exactly. right? So marriage does not change your relationship with God. It shouldn't. So if you start seeing your relationship with God starts changing because of your marriage, then there's some serious issues you need to take, in, take into account, right? And so I think that's very important to understand that validation. It starts there. Because when we start getting to serious steps, we start understanding now you need to get counsel, you need to do some other things. If you hadn't got to your place where you are validated in Christ, you would think that this is something that's happened to you that's only for you. You know, only, like, like this, somebody's just doing, picking at me. And you don't want to think that people are picking at you, right? Understand what you are in Christ. And I, and I hate to say this, you know, marriage is in. You know, divorce is real. But my relationship with God remains the same. I can still flow and, and, and follow and obey God outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. Alright? I've got to maintain my integrity. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so never, you know, you are an individual. And so let's start there with being an individual. Go to, go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Because I think that's why it's very important how we terminology we use when we, we start talking about our, our spouse, right? Like, that's my better half. Or you know those kind of things. A marriage complete. I feel complete now since I'm in marriage. It completes. Me. Watch that terminology. Watch your mentality about marriage, right? You're not a better half. You're a whole person. All right. So Colossians chapter two, starting at verse number six, it says, "As he, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so ye walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith." As ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after tradition of men, after the rudiments of the the world, and not after Christ. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. So you see today you are complete in Him. Who is Him? In Christ Jesus. You know, the one that you accepted as your Lord and Savior. You are complete in Him. That means He has everything, all sufficiency is found in in Christ to to keep you and sustain you for all your days. Never forget, you are a whole person. You are an individual whole person. You are complete in Christ. So in the marriage, again, we talk about two rational people, two rational whole people. When you get in marriage, things happen. And when this question, it talks about the, how to fix the brokenness, right? How to fix brokenness when, when when infidelity has happened? Now, infidelity is horrible. If infidelity has happened, that means there has been a breach of trust, right? There's a breach of trust there, so that has to be dealt with. That is serious. And with this seriousness, uh, here is a counsel. And again, Minnesota went to that scripture, Matthew 18, right? Here is serious counsel, right? This separation needs to happen. You need to separate yourself because infidelities happen. Separate yourself so you can be restored. Not only you need to be restored, but your spouse needs to be restored as well. But again, that's your spouse's choice. Right? You cannot fix your spouse. You cannot make them go get counsel. But you can separate yourself from this situation because infidelity has happened. Right? So I mean, so that is to me, and that's why I go back to validation. Because some people are like, well, I don't want to just separate myself from my... I need to be there for... No, no, infidelity has happened. There has been a breach of trust. We have to deal with this. We have to get to a place where we can be reconciled. If you choose to re- reconcile. And then go back and hear the other questions. We, we've dealt with these things already in the other questions in, in this, in this uh, teachings that we've been going through, right? You need to get reconciled. But let separation happen first. And then when you're, in your separation process, get godly counsel. Godly counsel. Godly counsel that you can adhere to, receive, and obey. And here's the thing about the godly counsel you're going to get the godly counsel is not about who's right and wrong. There's only one person right, he's called God. In a marriage, and when you get godly counsel, you're not going into a marriage counsel saying, well, he did this and she did that. It's not finger pointing, it's not a blame game. It's not about who's right and wrong. It's about getting the standard of God so you can flow in your marriage covenant. That you have made vows to accept and receive, right? So that's what. It, when, so get the godly counsel. Get get yourself into a place where you are getting counsel when it comes in infidelity. You need to get counsel, and your spouse needs to get, get that counsel. Those are the serious steps that's required. And, and again, before you do that, you have to separate. You know, I, I'll keep saying you need to provide separation because if you stay into that, and you already mentioned the hurt, you already mentioned the pain, right? You already mentioned now you feel defeated. You're frustrated. It's just going to get worse and worse. Right? And again, I don't know why in our minds we think that we can fix the other person. You can fix them before you got married. Or you can fix her before you got married. How are you going to fix them now since you're married? And then if you got children involved as well, again, there's so many factors here that, that you need to step back and consider. Right? That's why it's serious. And you need to take the serious steps to pull away, to get counsel, to be re- restored in your marriage. And when I mean, again, when I say about counsel, it's not like a one-time session. It's not like you're going to sit here and hear a word, and then all of a sudden everything goes back the way it was before. No, again, a breach of trust has happened. Accountability needs to be established now, and that takes a period of time. And that means both individuals have to be willing to put in the work to do that. That's why they call marriage a covenant. you in it for a lifetime. But if they both don't, you both, and again, that's a choice. The person that committed the uh, infidelity, they may not you know, want to put in the work. And the person that the, the infidelity was committed to, they may like, I'm done with this. And again, you have to understand, you've, you have to uh, accept that and move on. And again, I know these are tough things because you're in marriage. But understand, that's the reality of the situation. Because my relationship with God is foremost at the forefront of my heart. I cannot let anything affect my relationship with God. Here's the thing you have to always understand. I serve God. I serve Him alone. I'm a complete in Him, right? Let me go to go to this in, in Colossians, Colossians chapter three. This is read this a little bit more in Colossians. Again, I, make sure you understand your relationship with Him, right? Colossians chapter three, starting in verse fifteen, it says, "And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. The peace of God rule in your hearts, right? And the peace of God needs to rule in my heart. Mary's going to give me peace." God does Amen. I'm telling you we, I don't know why we put so it's amazing how we view marriage it's God's institution but we take God out of marriage and think marriage is everything Amen. and now we can't do anything outside of marriage without outside God like wait a minute what, what about me remember you made vows to me yes. so don't take God out of marriage he is the reason for you know what God is your peace and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms, and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. See, again, that's the grace. We've been talking about that grace. The grace of God that's going to keep you and guard your heart. See, these are the things you're going to need. This is part of the restoration process. It's God's peace and His grace being able to push you to be able to go carry on. Even though there's infidel, even though there's hurt, even though there's real pain. And then verse 17. And whatsoever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. And then it gets right into 18 and 9. And he said, what is he talking about? Then he says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as is fit in the Lord. See, he's dealing with this, this covenant we have in marriage, Right? The peace of God, let the word of Christ dwell in your hearts richly, and whatsoever you do in word and deed. Now, wives, submit yourself unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Amen. Again, the Lord, God's standard still applies in marriage. If somebody's committing infidelity, that is not God's standard in the marriage. That is not fit in the Lord. That's why you need to take these serious steps. And then the same thing, husbands. Verse 19, love your wives. And be not bitter against them. If you are committing infidelity with, uh, 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 with someone that's not, again, that's not your wife, then you are, you are bitter. There are some issues you got. You're not being a husband to your wife. So restoration needs to take place. Serious steps need needs to happen. Verse 24, jump down to verse 24. It says, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. I serve the Lord Christ. I understand in marriage, I have marital duties. And I'm not trying to say, well, that's the catch all. I don't have to do my marital duties. No, you sign up for the marital duties. Baby, that, you got to do those things. You have responsibility. Husbands, you got a responsibility in marriage. Wives, you got a responsibility in marriage. But I serve the Lord Christ. And out of my service to Christ, then I know how to be there for my husband, be there for my wife, how to please them. Because of my relationship I have with Christ, it flows from that. But I serve the Lord. And things that are not fit for the Lord, I am not getting myself involved in. And infidelity is one of those things. Separation needs to happen. Counsel needs to happen. Remember why I am invalidated in Christ Jesus. And then I love verse 25. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect to persons. You get that. He that doeth wrong shall receive from the wrong which he hath done. What does that mean? I'm not punishing you. In other words, if I'm in a relationship and I'm married, and then and my spouse commits infidelity, and then they're like, why are you didn't Hey, that's between you did those things. You're not gonna put that blame game on me. Whatever, whatever wrong you're gonna receive, you're gonna receive because of the wrong that you've done. Right? You're not gonna play a guilt trip on me about the wrong that you did. In other words, don't flip this thing and now all of a sudden you're the victim and you committed infidelity. Again, you breached. A breach of trust has happened. Accountability needs to happen. If you're not willing to do that, then separation needs to take place, and again, that means that this marriage we may end up in divorce. That's the reality of it. And so these are things, and I hear this question, and I really do appreciate the, you know the individual that wrote this question. Again, this is things coming from folks in our ministry, right? These are real situations, real issues, right? And I'm gonna tell you, you have to step back and realize who you are in Christ Jesus. Again, that's why. I, what Minister Steele was saying: Start the, your validation is in Christ. Never forget that. And Minister Hill said it right: Do not tolerate sin in your marriage. Do not. Amen. Right? Because again, you're raising children. That leads to other things. Amen. So you have to pull away from these things. Separate yourself. Those are the serious steps that needs to take. Like get the godly counsel on a continual basis. Put in the work and the effort that needs to be done. Amen. Anyone else? My brother, my sister? Amen. Amen. Again, let's just say a word of of prayer. Because again, these things are serious. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your tender mercies that are renewed every single day. We thank you for the individual that wrote this question and the heart that they have to receive counsel, to receive help. We pray, Father God, that these teachings the things that have been said on today and all these messages that they receive the strength they need to continue that their safety is in the knowledge of your word god your word is so powerful and so quick we thank you father god that whoever wrote this question shall hear the word of god that it penetrate their heart that it put forth the discipline hallelujah the effort they need to receive the godly counsel to be sustained in you lord god remove the frustration remove the irritation let them walk and serve you all the days of their life. Let them understand their relationship is with you and you alone, God. And we thank you, Father God. Again, for those that, that hear this message, that hear these things that have been taught today, even that may not, may not have wrote this question, but but are dealing with a similar situation, let them receive this counsel as well, God. Let them not have a blame game between them and their spouse. But these serious things around infidelity and a breach of trust and a breach of, that happens in the in their covenant of marriage, Let them receive the counsel, the godly counsel that they need to bring for restoration in their process, healing. And we thank you, Father God, for what you're doing in our midst. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.
2: This has been a teaching message
0: from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website. Levy